Coming at you from Stretch and Wolf Studios. That time again to rage across the internet. It's your very favorite Werewolf the Apocalypse podcast. As always, I'm your host, Porter. Sitting to my left, the man of a thousand faces, Mr. Daniel Tyson. Hey, everybody. And kind of to my right now, the man on a thousand lists, Mr. Tommy Dixon. <laughs> thousand lists. I love it. How's it going? <laughs> it's going all right. How are we doing, gentlemen? <laughs> Yeah, you can't. <laughs> Those are off. <laughs> Stop playing with my new soundboard. <laughs> Gentlemen, how we doing? Oh, just great. I'm here. I'm alive. Playing with new toys. If you guys can't tell. Get a quick shout out again to our buddy Lou. Mm-hmm. Fucking outstanding stuff here. So yeah, we are talking to you on all new equipment. And uh, you might have noticed. And we're not alone. Nope. We have uh, brought back brought back the the i guess the rai grand champion guest star <laughs> being number, dubbed that today well, well it's this number is 10. his 10th this appearance is this is yeah. number 10 <laughs> and if you don't know who it is by now go mr. ahead introduce mr. c grant rose grant how you doing brother i'm doing good i'm really excited to get that toaster and that steak knife set now you know uh, there will be set in the mail on monday you should definitely hold your breath on that working real hard to get these things in my life you never know how you know, sad cold bread and untoasted toast is <laughs> that sounds depressing <laughs> well you know with those knives you could cut that sad old bread perhaps maybe depends on if they're serrated well, it depends on what a cafeteria we steal them from that too <laughs> i was gonna say or if they've been used or not but ruin the surprise you're going to be pre-flavored. Flavored? <laughs> Pre-seasoned, oh, excuse me. Flavors. <laughs> this one comes with free salad on it. Mmm, <laughs> yummy. Bonus to go with my sad bread. <laughs> See? Looking out for you. But speaking of eating trash... <laughs> you can support us. <laughs> that's, that's, oh, oh my wow. God, that's better. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, if you would prefer we not eat sad bread with uh, salad leavings on the plastic knife we used to cut it with, you can go back us through our uh, Ko-Fi. It's uh, ko-fi.com slash uh, Rage Across the Internet. Link is on our website, rageacrosstheinternet.com. Dot com. Dot com. Oh, I like that. Dot com. Oh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> oh, sorry, I had to catch my breath. I was crying. I didn't see that one coming, Tom. Good job. That was a spectacular. <laughs> That's what she said. You're nice. welcome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, let's get back on track, guys. Holy shit. Yeah, but if you head over that link, either on our website or uh, in the show notes. Always in the show notes, yep. Yep, you can either join one of our membership tiers from uh, Bronze to Moon Silver, get the various rewards there. Uh, up to and including our NPC of the Month Club, our Postmortem series, our gamer team. I'm so doing those in reverse order. That's fine. Movie night People of the week, read. of the month. Yep. They're all good and fun. Oh, yeah. Always a good time. Yeah. And if, you know, you don't want to do the monthly thing, you can put a donation of your choosing on there, too. That's something Ko-Fi does. You can just, boom, make that happen. And any of it's appreciated. No, absolutely. And if you can't, there are other ways to help, to support, and the biggest the biggest ones are reviews and word of mouth. Like five stars. shares, yes, five yeah. stars. Helps circulate. That's all we need. Yep. Let people know how much you appreciate the show. 
hopefully they can appreciate it just as much. Yeah, yeah it's a great way to get people back into the game. Great with you, you, you listen, you guys know. So enough of that. Yeah, it's enough. Back to eating trash. Yes. Trash mouth is here. Trash mouth <laughs> is not here. Oh, okay. But I'm sure he has been familiar with a ratkin or two in his day. Look at that segue. Right. It was almost as good as the one you did. Almost. <laughs> And so that's what we're here to talk about. It's part two of our actual Ferris series. The deeper dive. It's, it's the real one. It's, yeah. Last one was the overview. Mm-hmm. You're right. I just remembering it. And this time we actually had the, the right insight to look, to check out that old episode to make sure. Yeah, you did. <laughs> that makes okay. one of us. Yeah. Well, I don't I know did. if Grant did, but. I doubt it. Grant, well, did you brush up on her old I, coverage? I did not. I was much too busy for that type of thing. Yeah, yeah, I well, hear you there, brother. I know I needed to. Even though I'm the one who had all that information, I needed to listen to it all over again. Okay. <laughs> Next time, tell me the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to the podcast. Dude, I'm not digging through all those episodes to figure out which one it was. You were already there. <laughs> so, Grant, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. I'm excited to, to uh, talk about the Ratkin. You know? that, that's excellent. You know, I know we've uh, we've already got, uh, well, we're all here, which is great mm-hmm. so far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how so, about we hop into the trash heap? So look at that. Some new stuff, some new equipment, a new editor. So we're on. Just got to get a new co-host. <laughs> oh. So we're here about the were rats. Yes. <laughs> the guys that were tasked with defending the wild in its purest form. Well, you know, that's. Vague and generalized? Well, I think that's an interesting place to start. And, um, you know, Grant, you know the rules. Don't be shy. Just jump in whenever you feel like it. The first thing that that really caught me about the rat can is that, I mean, they're crazy. Yes, they are very crazy. But I... That's putting it lightly. (laughs) No, it is. And, like, the crazy, like, the sentiment there, like, it it reeks of wild as your friend-itis. Yeah, they don't trust either worm or weaver. And and that's the thing is, you know, it's not your friend. No. They need to be reminded of it, too. They should be, but, like, they're... <laughs> they're not getting the memo. No. They, they have gone all in on the wild, and it's just, like, it's just bad idea genes. Well, if they don't like the weaver, they're not going to get the memo, because they don't know what that is. I, I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, one thing I liked is they like doing the unsavory tasks that the other pharaoh don't want to do. Mm-hmm. You know... For price, obviously, and that that we are we are going to revisit that shit. Okay, they, that, they'll be up. Yep, I know. I have an idea of which part you're talking about here. I, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say typical, but like they blame the Garu in the humans, and by by proxy, the Garu again <laughs> for everything. Everything. Yep. Like they got rid of the brown M M&M and M or the tan M M&M. and M. That was the fucking Garu's fault. <laughs> fucking wolves, right? I missed this hand M&M, too. God damn it. Blue. What the fuck? <laughs> For a short amount of time, at one golden glorious time, we had blue and tan in every bag. And like, why get rid of... This is an important conversation. This is very it, important. Yes, and it's very relevant somehow. You figure it out. There's layers. And like, why get rid of the tan one and leave the brown one, which is just like the color of chocolate? Get rid of the brown one. That's the boring color. Keep the tan one. <laughs> Why is this the conversation? I told you. So, <laughs> yeah, speaking of insanity of, <laughs> of the M&Ms and their, their 
horrible decision making when it comes to colors and getting them and removing them. Right. You know, what, what I do like about the Ratkin is the fact that, you know, as of W20, they, they're no longer trying to, to mechanize the, the inherent uh, insanity or randomness of the mentality of the Ratkin. Like beforehand, you know, they tried to say this derangement there, this derangement there, um, over here. Now they're just like, yeah, it's erratic. Play it however you want to play it. The Ratkin are going to do. They have, they have squirrel moments. Well, and I, I don't want to say it's squirrel moments because, I, and I think when when you bring up a or squirrel moment, I mean, you could you can say that, but like, it's about chaos because again, they are so in tune with the wild. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just so core to their being. You know, like the war of rage happened, and they like largely fucked off to the Umbra, and that became a large part of who they are today. And, and I like that you're talking the W20 stuff because, you know, what we did is we went to the breed book, which is what mm-hmm. we're going to do for this entire series because it's, you Consistency. know, well, well, that too, but we don't want to undercut the newer stuff, certainly, mm-hmm. but you're taking all that info and smashing it into a section of a chapter of a larger book where the breed books, they have their time to shine full stop. Right. No, that makes sense. And because we did the. Was it a, a guide to changing breeds for the overview? Yeah, we did changing breeds 20 for the overview series. Right. So now we're going to do the breed book. There's going to be some overlap, sure, but... Well, and there's going to be changes as well, but also it's it's a deeper look into those Pharah because, again, you know, you, you open changing breeds 20, maybe you've got five pages dedicated to Ratkin, and that's all, or whatever mm-hmm. Pharah you have, and that's all you get. Unless you're the Noisha, you can open up a breed book, and there's substantially more page count. <laughs> or Noisha. All right. <laughs> they got screwed. They totally did, but we had fun with that one. So, oh yeah, I don't, I don't care. I'm not mad about it. Still mad we forgot about the the uh, the laughing grins, the fallen Noisha missed opportunity. I, I don't know if we forgot, but maybe we forgot. <laughs> forgot to mention it. So that's it, was, it was a longer episode, so it wasn't like there was probably a lot of stuff we did forget, but you can only put so much information into it and, and stay on time. Yeah. Stay on time. Well, that's the other thing too, is, you know, we don't, you may not know this guys, but we don't script this show. <laughs> what? Shocking. We did not plan the grand M M&M and M debate of 2022. We is that the right time? Throwing that away. You just had to. Yes. That I was did. garbage paper. <laughs> that's my script. Man. Wow. Point is, <laughs> just, wow. is, you know, sometimes shit falls between the cracks. You know, we run out of time. We forget to mention something, you know, well, we're also trying to fit, 100-page books into an hour podcast. Well, and more to the point, this is not a book report. This, this show has never been a book report. Mm-mm. So, we're like, we're taking this shit in there and we're just going to talk about it. So, hey, you know, if we don't cover a thing that you like, we will probably cover it when we revisit the topic later. Right. Or in the Discord. Or, yeah, exactly, yeah. in the Discord. That happens often. Get called out for not talking about a certain thing. Well, sorry. <laughs> I can... Yeah, I'll call myself out. Well, yeah, you just did with a new issue, so... Right. But anyway, like I was saying about the Ratkin. Yeah. <laughs> so with the insanity levels. <laughs> so um, they, they don't really give like other splats. You know, they have this whole list of derangements um, that are associated with someone that has some type of mental instability. With the Ratkins, they, they give certain proclivities to the different aspects, which are their auspices. Um, so like the Tunnel Runners, for example... They have wonderless visions, so if they're lost, they get a vision of a new useful destination, but, you know, they can also kind of get super in tune with, you know, just going and traveling. They can't really sit still sometimes. 
So it's not really a mental thing, even though it's a, just a chaotic type thing. And they do that with every aspect. Right. So each of the different aspects, they're going to have some kind of different derangement. If you want to call it that. Because a lot of times yeah. they roll it into not just a, it's not really a derangement. It's a eccentricity and it's good up to a certain point. But if you roll bad, then that eccentricity becomes a flaw. Well, and I Fair. think this, this all goes back. And I think this is a good time to do that. And I'm looking at Tom because I know Tom really dug into this. Is let's talk about the birthing plague. <laughs> you know, I mean, when it comes to ratkin, you know, it doesn't work like so many of the other changing breeds. You know, it's it's not the same thing as a garu or uh, like the bastet who hatched out eggs or some shit. I don't know what. How are cats made? It's crazy. But I like eggs. <laughs> but you know, you don't have you don't have cat eggs and you don't you don't do like a normal thing like garu. You know, the rat can go through a birthing plague. And it's it's a thing to where you can give someone ratkin. It's <laughs> <laughs> such a weird way to say it. I mean, but they also they consider um breeding a sacred duty. Yes. But they also try and keep their own numbers in check. Accidents happen. <laughs> right. But I mean, yeah, the birthing is a sacred duty that harkens back to the war of rage, which is totally the Garo's fault and only the Garo and nobody else. <laughs> yeah. And it totally makes sense that all those other shifting breeds working together against the Garo couldn't stop the Garo. That makes sense. <laughs> so it's all their fault and no one else. I like how they can actually make spiritual kinfolk. That's weird. It is very weird. Because we are talking about a scenario where a ratkin hooks up with a spirit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some some ghost loving. It's like the like the clay the clay scene on the on the wheel. That's also the guru's fault. The guru yes. hadn't been assholes in the war of rage. Exactly, earthly wouldn't be a thing. Their yeah, their spirit stuff wouldn't be a thing. That's oh, true, right? Oh boy, boo, get some. <laughs> but with the birthing plague, and if they make it through their first change, they get flesh and bone and skin. They they turn into a ratkin. The spirit so does. The spirit does. The spirit can folk can actually gain. Flesh and bone, if they go all the way through to their first Well, they already got the bone. <laughs> hey <Hey-o. Hey-o>. ah. <laughs> <laughs> No, one thing they put in the book, it's uh, for all shape changers, lycanthropy is like a Latin or recessive gene, one that can remain undetected for years or even decades. In fact, the taint of ratkin blood can endure for generations, lying dormant within its inheritors until misfortune awakens the family's curse. And they double down that it's a curse. You know, it's, they, I think of all the shit, the, the changing breeds, they hit home. This is bad news bears. <laughs> the birthing plague sucks. But it's, a and nice. it takes a while. And sometimes it sticks with you forever or mm-hmm. close to, you know, it's, it's not a good time. It's not a quick process. This is horrifying and terrible. Well, it's a necessity or a necessary evil because it's, it's what they mm-hmm. use. It's, oh, it's, it's how just, they it's how it's done, yeah. yeah. It's how the sausage is made. Really? That's how? Yeah. Okay. You didn't know? Yeah. No. No, see, it's, I it's... I didn't know this was... When, the, a, when a rat bangs a spirit... <laughs> <laughs> when a rat spirit and those... When a I'm rat the and birds a and the bees on the rats right now. Yes. All right. <laughs> Only at the so end I, you get sausage. <laughs> Hickory Farms, I can't yeah. remember if they specify um, in the actual pre-book, but I know in my games, at my table... Um, when it comes to that, the only spirits that the uh, the unearthly could actually mate and have a potential ratkin with was one of the uh, rat spirits of some kind. Correct. Either mole rat or kangaroo rat or, or whoever. Correct. Um, they nope, they can't just go the over there and bang grandfather book. thunder and all of a sudden have a thunder rat. That's not how that would work. 
Thunder Red. Yeah. That's some Binder and Amulet shit right there. <laughs> That's what I remember. There we go. No, not only. That's mentioning how hard it would be to bang Thunder King, uh, Grandfather Thunder. Saying. He almost said Thunder Fury. Actually, you know what? It, <laughs> come to think of it, we talk about Thunder Rat. Isn't that Pikachu? Sure. World of Darkness crossover confirmed? <laughs> I don't know. Please don't. I didn't, I didn't make that connection. <laughs> you did. <laughs> now you got him dying. <laughs> so not only can the plague be uh, obviously transmitted through just normal wounds, poison, and other common ways can do it. So you get just normal wounds, poison, infections can transfer this birthing plague. But obviously the rites need to be done correctly for it to work. Yeah, because you're still going to have, I mean, rats have litters of like 10 at a time. If it's rat on rat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) That's a saying. All right, we're going that far. Got it. Well, I mean, Did they yeah. said it in the book. They I have mean, forms. It's in the yeah, it's in yeah, the book. It's in the book. I know. If it's <laughs> if it's rat can folk and more rat can folk, it'll be yes, it'll be a birthing of multiples. If it's with a human, it's just going to be one. But they can still happen multiple times because it's still a uh, depends on how talented he is. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> it's a shorter process <laughs> than a normal human baby, I guess, if you want to call it that. And honestly, and most yes, humans. They do. Uh, during this birthing plague are consumed by it. They suffer horrible deaths, but few who possess the thin taint of the were-rat blood inherit the legacies of the ratkin. And if you're doing that a hundred times, sure, maybe nine out of ten will die, but that just gives you, again, if you did it a hundred times, you you have ten new ratkin. Well, there's a numbers game for sure, and I think the thing about that is, again, we talk about how the breeding was sacred to the ratkin. And how they have been building their numbers mm-hmm. this entire fucking time. Because they know the end is coming. And they're trying to make numbers. Right. And they're going to tear this shit down. Which I like the sound of. In theory. I, no, I just kind of like the sound of it. You know, you have... We, we've talked a lot about, you know, the, the scourge of humanity in the world of darkness. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, sometimes people tend to forget that... The humans aren't the good guys. They are part of the problem and a large part of the problem, you know, and that's why you look to, you look at a lot of Garu and it's like, well, you know, you, you talk about how they're there to save humanity and there's no, they're not. They're there. They're, they're guys protectors. And there's a disconnect there. Yeah, we're here to save Gaia. The humans are the problem kind of destroying, but at the same time it's the double-edged sword because humans are a part of Gaia well, kind of thing. Well, right. And it was them getting out of control. And, and it's funny as you look through the Ratkin book and they talk about how, you know, it was part of the problem that Garu and the Ratkin had with each other is that if the Ratkin, according to their book, if, they, if they're doing their job, it's because the Garu weren't doing their job. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that, that doesn't connect right with me. No. Because, you know, guys, protectors, fine. You want to protect for the threat of human. Okay, I, I see it. But, like, largely that's that's the Ratkin's job. And uh, why did you let this get out of control? Well, you can argue War of Rage, fine. Yes, I was going to say, but but War of Rage, because they blame, again, they blame the Garu. Right, but at the same time, you also get bits in that book where they talk about how, you know, oh, yeah, the day's going to come, man. We're just going to flood the thing and, and put a few plagues out there. And we're just going to tear this motherfucker down, man. It's all going to go. And it's like, well, then do it. Other way. Why haven't you done it? They tried with the Black Plague. They tried again. Do it harder. There's enough of you shit. 
I, I just, there's a lot of talk, is what I'm saying. I hear a lot of talk out of the rat kid. A lot of finger pointing. Yep. Grant, you got something on that? You gonna chime in on this one? I don't know if I want to open open that can of worms. You know. Well, we're talking out. about rats. <laughs> well, and you wonder why these guys are insane because that birthing plague could take years for them to actually go through their first change. In that whole time, they are being um, plagued by revelations from the rat incarna. They have madness preying upon those who have carried the curse in their veins. And they and they hear voices. In fact, they hear voices from the Umbra. Mm-hmm. So it's, like you're sitting there trying to watch the Lost Boys, and you, and you can hear ghost rats on the other side of the gauntlet talking to you. That's fucked up. Possibly for years. Oh, yeah. yeah. Enjoy that. Yeah, That's uh, life. That's a lifestyle. And you wonder the, why they're nuts. Yeah, well, the voices will definitely drive you insane. I'm not faulting them for being nuts. I'm just... <laughs> Pointing it out, mm-hmm. I just think they're a little too blamey, but I think you know, largely they're fucking cool as hell. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to start with the rad kid on this one. Um, I've got my composure from laughing about everything. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you, the Gru, as you know, they kind of went through the Pharah like in a, like a buzzsaw in the War of Rage, and it really did have second and third order uh, impact effects. The Radkin, if they hadn't been so curtailed and, and so uh, reduced to numbers, may have been able to continually do their job because it was doing very well. I mean, the Bonic Plague really, really worked. Yeah. And, sure. you know, if they had been able to maintain that momentum, they may have been able to control certain aspects of humanity to prevent it from, in the world of darkness, becoming so oppressing and more of a virus than actual, you know, species on Earth. So, I mean, that, they have to shoulder some blame on that, too. I mean, yeah, the rat can do like to point fingers. They're not big on taking responsibility for their actions, that's for sure. And I mean, that's what I'm saying. You know, I mean, yeah, I, I definitely the Black Plague. So, yeah, I mean, you have to understand that the bubonic plague was very successful. But even since the bubonic plague, there has been pandemic after pandemic over the years. Disease doesn't go away regardless of modern medical technology. You know, people still suffer and die from, from pandemics throughout the world uh, every year for the past, you know, three or four hundred years. You're absolutely right. And, you know, and, and to remind everybody, we are talking about the context of the world of darkness exclusively. So it's OK. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's kind of the way what the Ratkin were, though. They were created to control the population of humans. Right. And they did that through disease and plague. No, of course. But what, what I'm saying, though, is you look at the you look at the modern day and again, they breed a lot. Mm-hmm. So those numbers are bigger. There are more ratkin now than there were when the Black Plague hit. Right. We don't have census, but we can assume because breeding is a thing. Millions upon millions. And, you know, they're not huge combatants. They're not in the front lines of the War of the Amazon for crying out loud. All right. They're, no. They're sticking to the rumble tunnels and the shadows and the dark, and they're living their, their best life that way. Yeah. They, all right. They... They're training turtles. They're figuring the whole thing out. <laughs> Save the turtles, man. Right. So. Radical, radical. Would you. So what I'm saying is when you have modern day, when, when we have this massive population, what you doing, guys? Yeah. Something on TV instead? That's just waiting. Well, yeah, but like they keep, you look at that book and they keep bragging about it. Like, yeah, man, one of these days, oh, we could do it. We could do it. Fucking do it. They have the numbers to do so. I don't get what they're waiting for either. You know, maybe a little bit of I'll talk. Well, Wait I mean, for the other shoe to drop. That's I what mean, they're waiting on. Maybe, but maybe they are that shoe. Maybe get to it. I, no, I see it. 
I it, see why, yeah. And, and I think, actually, that's a good stepping point, is maybe that's something that you run in a story, is is uncovering some sort of retkin plot that's going to do some serious fucking damage to the human population. If you have, like, some glass walkers, you have a pack of glass walkers or some other garu who have a particular fondness for humanity, hey, we want to stop this plot, yeah. think of the children, and now this becomes a thing. Mm-hmm. This is, is this better for Gaia? Or is this better for what the world we're used to living in? Do we stop it? Do we let it happen? I think, you know, there's a lot of meat you could play with there. Oh, that's a cool idea. But this still all goes back to the War of Rage. Yes. Because when the War of Rage happened and Garu are exclusively at fault here, <laughs> they wiped out all the bards, which is one of the aspects of the Ratkin. Mm-hmm. And before that happened, there was like a one last right kind of thing where they set a curse Upon the Garu. <laughs> so I'm just, as I'm reading this whole thing, I'm just laughing because I'm calling complete bullshit on it. Let's hear it. Because it was, no, it was just them placing an epic curse and they vowed that their Ratkin descendants would return from the furthest realms of creation to avenge the deaths of all of their slaughtered. Hence the spirit kinfolk. Right. But again, Look at the numbers now. Millions upon millions, which is already way more than it was back then. And nothing has happened yet. Yet. But I think it's I think this is gonna be the one of these days I'm gonna install that patio for you, honey, type situations. Where you know goddamn well it's never gonna happen, but if you keep saying it, no one's gonna bug you about it. That's true. Listen, I'm gonna <laughs> fix the deck. All right, get off my ass. Right? Right? <laughs> no problem, honey. It's gonna be beautiful. Everything you want. You're gonna love it. You said that eight years ago. Yeah. Well, you didn't I sound still, like that 10 years. You know, you, I still mean it. <laughs> I still mean it's going to happen. It's just I don't know when All yet. of a sudden, I'm more okay with patty mayonnaise than whoever the hell that was, Porter. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> I almost went with my Edith from All in the Family. Watchy. Oh, Where's the deck? <laughs> There's a show four of you have watched. <laughs> Uh, here's one. <laughs> so I think the real loss of the bards actually did have a, a huge impact on the Ratkin because they were a, more of a mellowing effect um, to the rest of the breed. I, I mean, they could, one, they could uplift everybody and improve everyone's mood once a day. Um, they had an ability they called the right tail where they were able to basically get all their all their rat buddies together, share moldy cheese and sing Kumbaya and make everyone feel good. Well, and um, then they were also like the mediators is they would send those out to interact with the other changing breeds, which is absolutely how they got themselves fucked off in the first place. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I was waiting for you to say it. Uh, I had it ready, but you started saying mediators. I'm like, oh, here it goes. <laughs> you know, and the, the same thing. They also had um, the thing that they really, really lost when they lost the bards was this uh, spiritual sensitivity where the bards could actually tell if uh, area is um, corrupted by the worm or the weaver. You know, it wasn't just oh, sense worm or sense weaver. It was it was like a both. Um, so they could actually see, oh, this area is fucked up somehow. We need to fix it. You know, once that was gone, they lost that capability. That, that actually reminds me. We go back to the um, the finger pointing aspect of things. <laughs> There's a lot of that. Yeah, there is. So it's kind of hard to not keep going back to it. But like you bring up, uh, you bring up weaver. And the weaver's influence is, you know, they they also believe that the weaver went mad. Because of the Garu. <laughs> and I mean, it's in a roundabout way, but they're, they're positing that something had to happen to make the weaver go nuts. Mm-hmm. Not just years and years of dealing with fucking the worm in the wild. 
And what it was, was they felt it was the, the Concord and humans starting to take control and to uh, evolve, for lack of a better term right now. Mm-hmm. Technologies and the calendars, which of course are things that we, we have learned through other sources that the Weaver has given to humanity to use them as tools. Now it's the other way around. <laughs> is the Weaver was cool until they developed a calendar and then the Weaver <laughs> lost his shit. So it was the Garu's fault. That's in there. That makes no sense. No, it doesn't. But again, (laughs) that kid is crazy. Yeah. (laughs) We also have to take into account that there could be a real reason for them to continually point their fingers at the guru. You know, they do have blood memory, which we haven't really spoken about. And blood memory is kind of like a corrupted, you know, nissus like the Mokley have, where they can go into the depths of, of rat's madness and and remember things that their ancestors experienced. If every time you close your eyes, you remember great, 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 great granddaddy get eaten by a wolf, you'd probably point your fingers at him too. To a point, I'm, I'm with you because, you know, at no point have I ever said that the guy were blameless in the War of Rage. That's insane. It's the fact that nobody else takes blame for it and everyone blames Garu, period. Right. That it was only the Garu who did it. Right. They were the only the assholes. Right. They're the victors. Exactly. They're being punished for winning. Like, I mean, if that works, let's be honest. I mean, take take a second on this. And I know it's not the episode four, but fuck it. This mm-hmm. is how we do our show. Speculation. Right. You know, let, let's look at just like, look at just the Hengi Okai. OK, mm-hmm. sure. You know, so that's Kitsune. That's Korax. That's Ratkin. We're sharks. Makole in one tribe of Bastet. OK, OK, that's six. That's not everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. So you mean to tell me if in like War of Rage time, like all, all numbers being equal and shit, if those six alone went up against the entirety of what the Garu Nation was, they couldn't win that? Oh, I forgot the Naga. That's seven. But I mean, that's without the Garal. That's without the other hundred thousand fucking tribes of Bastet. I mean, there's, there's eight technically back in the day. You had uh, the Shadow Lords, the Hawken. Yeah, but we're removing the Garu from that equation. I'm, I'm just. Oh, okay. You know, I'm just picking because there is here's example of a group of Pharaoh that work together. Mm-hmm. So you're telling me that according to the company line, the Gower are just off genociding, changing breeds. And they didn't go, you know what, let's we're all friends, clearly, and have done nothing wrong ever. So we can stop this. Right. Like they didn't since, again, they're all best buddies and friends and all super peaceful. They no, no point thought to team up and push back. I mean, I really didn't want to mention I really didn't want to mention Savage Age in this episode, but you're kind of painting me into a corner here. What's the Savage Age? <laughs> I've never heard of that. What are we at? It's a <laughs> at, I know, right? Hey, 36 minutes is all it took. That's, a, yeah, that's actually a record. <laughs> I think it's the no, longest last, we have gone. The, the Noisha. The Noisha didn't mention them at all until the last minute. Uh, no, no, that's nope. not true. No, not at all. It was like, it was like three minutes, minutes in. No, it was 20, 25, maybe, I think. I know we timed it. Anyway, he wants to talk about Savage Age. Yes. So. Let's talk about the Savage Age for a second. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what you could do, I mean, you have to look at the, the, the population of the Earth and Gaia back then. Even if you, you know, make it a um, World of Darkness equivalent where it's, there's a higher population, even back then there wasn't a whole lot of people. So if you had an entire breed that was content and, and intent on wiping out another It'd be difficult to, to catch up that momentum against somebody as, as vicious as the Guru. You know, you have in the stores, the breed books, you do have these team ups from back in the day and they just got wiped out. They kind of seen the writing on the wall too little or too late. And by that time, the Guru was just eating them alive. Well, no. And I mean, because now we're yeah. touching the war rage for a minute. 
Does that make too much of a meal of that? Because that should be its own show. It will be. But no, you, uh, I mean, I hear what you're saying, but I mean, even in the Savage Age, we looked at that war was absolutely not that simple and not that cut and dry. Because, mm-hmm. again, we can't realistically buy a scenario where the Garu are just these massive evil caricatures and all of the other shifting breeds got along and were friends the entire time. No, not one book says that. Everything right. we've gone through, even the overviews, the the simple breeds, the, the different tribes, even they all say it's the same. It's nobody liked each other. And Garu are just blamed because they won. I mean, like the Macaulay can turn into actual T-Rexes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we know a Gerhal in Krinos is larger than a, than a, I mean, one swipe can cut a, can cut a Garu in half. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A Glaubro or whatever that version of, of Gerhal is still larger than a Krinos yeah, Garu. That, yeah, it's about Krinos size. <laughs> so, you know, there's, there's a level of bullshit. Yes. Like, okay, you get the blood memory of the ancestor dying violently. And I mean, okay, I buy that. But I think that that vision lacks context. And that's really what I spent the last 20 minutes rounding about. <laughs> it's pretty close, yeah. <laughs> we got there. Yeah. It's fine. I don't know. It's, no, it's, yeah. it's, it's just... Welcome to the show. War of Rage. Back-to-back champions. I mean... <laughs> wow. <laughs> I want to put that in a t-shirt. Oh boy. What I want to see is I, is I want to see the Garu war of rage, super bowl ring. <laughs> That's a fetish somewhere, man. It's gotta be a fetish. It's going to be made with the teeth of fallen Pharaoh. <laughs> Maybe. Oh boy. I'm writing a story about that now. Sweet. Recovering the lost victory war of rage. ring. <laughs> But, you know, yeah, we, we go back to it as, you know, they, you know, they blame the gear, they blame the humans. And I, I pulled a quote actually from the book is don't even try to tell me it's the worm or it's the fault of the worm. That's what humans do to the world. That's, that's the blame game. Yeah. And I mean, there's a level where they have a point and there's a level where they take it too far. Sure. But they do look at the apocalypse in a different way than others do, at least certainly the Garu. Like it's going to happen in any second now. Yeah, it can come from anywhere. Mm hmm. Well, what I'm saying is, you know, you know, the Garu look at it as the end of everything. The Ratkin look at it as the end of human civilization. If all the cities burn to hell, that doesn't mean the end of the world. That means the the battle for the end of the world just begun. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so cool. You know, the power goes out, the ice cream melts. Mm-hmm. It, now it's a struggle for control. Right. Again, that's where the rat can believe. That's when the real war is going to begin, and that's where we win. Yeah, because of the numbers. Because of their sheer numbers, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, like I said, they're waiting for the other shoe to drop. But like, again, it's like they could make it drop. They yeah, don't they have to wait. They, they're they kind of the ones in control of this at this at this point. They're holding the fucking starter pistol. They're, not, they're looking at the long game. If, they, if they're the ones that actually instigate it and they're the ones that actually bring about the apocalypse, then however many numbers they're going to need to win the apocalypse is going to be lost in initiating it. They're content to let the wolves, you know, fuck up and trip one too many times. And then whenever that happens, then they're going to be like, oh, yeah, boom, bitch. Me and my thousands of brothers are going to take over now. Anarchy. See, I think that's a stupid plan. Hear me out. You know I, mean, I see what he's saying, though. No, no, I, I get it. I just think that's a stupid plan because here's the thing. You are a wreck and say your name is Sliver. Sure. All you got to do is like you alone carrying whatever level of whatever type of plague you're going to do. Whatever your fucking bad news bears can, you know, mm-hmm. you go into a hospital and you bite a couple people. Yeah, because those and then you infect. leave. Yeah. Meanwhile, 
a hundred thousand of your brothers and sisters are doing the same thing at other hospitals at other places right now. We win before anyone even knows what's going on. Like, who are you losing? What, like Jinx, who's dumb enough to walk into the the decon and have himself a meal? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because once you let go of that plague, the, the plague will take care of itself. It's, take care of itself. It's not yeah. like you need to. It's not. It's not Sliver needs to run back and do extra doses. You know. I, I half expected you to bring out Pikachu. <laughs> He's not a lightning rat. <laughs> I thought the discount Ninja Turtle reference was good enough. <laughs> oh, boy. So I'm looking at, at some of these differences between the editions. And, you know, in the breed book, it, it's talking about how virile the uh, the birthing plague in itself is. But I think they took a step back in, in W20. I think that while they... The rat can, can spread disease really easy from their bites and their, their claws and stuff. It's not the actual birthing plague they're spreading. Um, so they will just cause random pandemics, which I, I think they're probably doing that if uh, you bring in the lore up into the 20th, 21st century. I, I could see the rat king going through you know different hospitals and things and accidentally scratching a lady here, scratching a lady there, and then uh, just starting random diseases. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I just I think the ultimate point I'm, I'm making here is that it's um, too small scale for the amount of shit that they talk. Mm-hmm. Well, they are crazy. They are crazy. And they're the little guys. We got a short man syndrome to the max. Neapolitan <laughs> <laughs> <Napoleon> syndrome. <laughs> just saying. As a short guy myself, they're in my heart. I got you ready. So, you know, we, we mentioned about we walked around it a bit. But, yeah, there are there are several aspects yeah, I think is, is the term. Yeah, aspects. It's it's their version of auspices. And they yes. must be obeyed. And so I think it's about time we talk about those because we've been oh, we've been all over the place. Let's give some information. <laughs> what do you say? What do you say we do a show here? Because <laughs> we script a thing. Right? Yeah. No, I just got, I mean, I don't know how much you got, Tom. I got, I got all eight. Well, I, Except for the hidden one. But again, they were wiped out. Right. So that was the so, bards. So, so that's, you, you there's can start, one. You can start with the bards. The, the bards. The yeah. ones that were wiped out in the war rage. Go yeah. ahead, Dan. Snow bards. That's Snow it. bards. So they were wiped out. Before we... Go ahead, nope. Grant. What do you got? Before we get into aspects real quick, something that I wanted to uh, notate that about their forms. In the breed book, they go into how the rat king can have a fourth form based on if they're umbral bound or if they're a homed or uh, a rodents, you know, a uh, rat born ratkin. You know, you have the, the itchy cartoon for the ones that are born in the umbra. You have the rat man, which is like the glabro um, for the homids. And then you have this huge dog-sized rat thing that's uh, basically their hispo form that only uh, uh, Metis and um, the, the rodents rat can, can actually use. I really thought that was interesting in the breed book. I don't know why they didn't bring that forward into W20. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't understand why they wouldn't because I thought it was a cool setback. Because again, you look at the Glabro equivalent here and it was only the Metis or the rodents can have it. Mm-hmm. The Glabro equivalents would be the Hamid, and then the Hispo equivalent would be the rodents or the Metis. Only those can have this one and only these can have that one. I just thought it was a cool thing to do, but that way they all can't have like, the five forms like Garu can. It adds, it adds a bit of flavor. Yeah, I don't I don't know why it was cut and maybe it shouldn't be. I, I thought it was a cool thing. I mean, to, I mean, I mean yeah, you storyteller can keep go, it go, in. Go, you can do whatever the fuck you want to. Exactly. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, I think it was just cut by it was a really minor detail in the breed book they kind of just glossed over it like hey this is uh, a small number of these these rat can can actually learn this fourth form and they didn't really do much with it they didn't really say why those that fourth form uh, wasn't already part of the breed 
or if it's possible for them to learn one versus the other or anything like that. So I think, I just think it was over, uh, overlooked in uh, W20, honestly. It could have been. It also could have been a casualty of page count. Because again, we yeah. live in a world where you're taking this entire book with 167 some odd pages and condensing it into, I don't know, like 10. Damn. Yeah, that makes sense. But then from forms, then you go back to the aspects and we said the bards, which were the ones that were wiped out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Knife skulkers. <laughs> yeah, those guys take shit, I promise. <laughs> They're the mercenaries. They're like contract mm-hmm. killers. Yep, the packs of Ratkin for hire. Assassins and thieves. They will make and break contracts with anyone. The distinctions and taboos of super, supernatural societies mean nothing to them. Justice is all-encompassing. It's something I like about those guys is it's, you know, they talk about you should make or break contracts. Mm-hmm. You know, and oh. he's going to pay me better. Exactly. Contract's over. Yep. Right? I'm not getting what I feel like I deserve. Fuck off. Yep. And, you know, we'll go back to it. We got the other aspects. Mm-hmm. Shadow seers, kind of like the shamans. Yeah, the Therushes. The th- yeah, Thurge equivalents. They guard the forbidden secrets lying dormant in their blood. They value wisdom over vengeance, and through meditation, they can understand anything cloaked in shadows. Too much introspection, however, leads to insanity. Wow. Right. They know something about that. Then <laughs> <laughs> you got the tunnel runners, which are like the, the scouts, the spies. The mavericks, yeah. Yeah, Ragabash equivalent. Pretty much, yeah. Consumed by wonderlust, though, which Grant had touched on earlier. Mm-hmm. And they, they learn of secret paths through the worlds of flesh and spirit. Then you have, like, the warriors, which they also, like, a.k.a. blade slaves. Obviously doesn't need to be said, but it's obvious that it's the equivalent to the Haran. Yeah, masters of the guerrilla warfare, pack tactics, and swarm strategies. They prove Rat's rightful position as the totem of war. Which is nice, because <laughs> was badass. when you hear about Rat as a totem of war, you often blink and go, what? Yeah, I don't believe you. You have to think, well, more soldiers die on the battlefield from disease and disease born from rats in history than any other cause. That's true. Yeah, but I don't think, and and I mean, I can see where you would, Mm -hmm. but I think most people don't immediately go with disease and war in the same sentence. Of course, there is. Yeah. You know, we're not saying, but you think of war, Mm -hmm. you're thinking more direct shit. Mm -hmm. So when you hear rat is a war totem. I think at first blush, people go, that's fucking weird. There's a slow game to war, though. Not just the instant direct hit. Well, certainly, but I'm not talking about... I'm not saying know, you shouldn't know, be a I war know. totem. I'm talking about at first blush. Thanks for listening to the podcast. <laughs> no, I, I like it, though, because it was... Like I said, it, they mentioned uh, the guerrilla warfare. They do yeah. things from, like, the distance. Like, they can get stuff done without getting right up in their face and having to fight. I, I was half expecting you to make a Yaren reference because they're gorillas. I was half expecting it. Yeah, well. Golden opportunity miss. Yep. Yeah, maybe if you would have said it, you would have done it, but I wasn't going to. I totally would have. Speaking of Yaren, that's the episode I didn't mention the Savage Age. Boom. Come back to me. That's bullshit. There's no Entire way episode, you didn't mention Savage Age. I mentioned something. That's true. That was the last minute. That okay, was that okay. was the longest. I, no, the yeah. issue was the one where it was like two or three minutes in. Because remember, yeah. I looked to my I looked to my wrist as if there were a watch there uh, and tapped it, looking directly at you, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, see. <laughs> All right. So moving on to my favorite aspects of the Radkin, the freak aspects. So now, Grant, give a little insight here why they call them freaks. 
Um, so all of these these aspects are kind of a, a new twist on the, the stereotype that you know we have in, in culture of uh, rats and like how they can either be like plague rats or they can be like lab rats or you know those types of things. So each one of these freak aspects roughly correlate to something like that. Um, so you have the engineers, which you know they, they kind of they're, they're the lab rats. They're the ones that you would expect to uh, find locked in a cage somewhere in a lab being experimented on. And because of that, they've kind of developed a taste for the weaver and weaver technology. And yep. they like playing with it. It's exactly what I was going to say. They, they, they got a taste for that weaver. <laughs> a tasty, tasty weaver. <laughs> Juicy weaver meat. Juicy weaver meat. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're like Batty from Fern Gully, except in rat form. Ooh. Oh, Nice. <laughs> That is a good one. I like that. That is a reference, ladies and gentlemen. That is a good one. That didn't come from me. Look at that. uh, Well done, Grant. All right, what's the next one then? Here, I'll podcast. (laughs) Go to to Plague Wars or Plague Lords. Plague Lords. Plague Lords. They command the forces of disease, fighting the temptations of the worm as they practice their dark arts. From one side of the spectrum to the other, I guess. They're the ones working at CDC. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, they, though they thought that these guys were destroyed in the Dark Ages, their plagues have returned to the world in guises more sinister than ever witnessed before. Big facts. Crazy. Yeah, so like a, they got a little taste for the weaver meat. These guys got a little taste for worm. Just a little bit, though. Mm, worm. <laughs> Delicious and nutritious. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh my God. so here's my problem with this next one because I am not German and I know Charybdis is going to give shit for whoever says this incorrectly or at all. Munchmausen. Yeah, the Munchmausen. Just okay, Munchmausen. Fine. You guys said it. Yeah. <laughs> they have returned from the, okay, These <laughs> are your can't. spirit ones. These are the ones that are returned from the spirit world, fulfilling the curse of the Ratkin Bards. Yep. Which, if we didn't mention it already, they, they named that. That was the uh, Field of Nettles. That was the name of the right they did for the curse. Right, right, right. And last would be the Twitchers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wanted to make sure that was last. <laughs> Ratkin who reflect the rage of a dying world. As servitors of the Rat God, they unleash anarchy and destruction, preparing humanity for the final days of the apocalypse. Succumbing to rage is effortless for these guys, and they delight in ranting false prophecies of the world's doom. I like the idea of that asshole on the street corner. Mm-hmm. You know, the end is nigh, man. <laughs> and he's tweaking. Being a rat king. Oh, yeah. yeah that's him all day long. I kind of like that idea. <laughs> you know, like you know, like later in the evening, because we're in the world of darkness here, right? It's like the sun's gone down and he's been out there on the, on the street corner in his milk crate all night. Yeah. You know, all like the, the bonar thing. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, like the, the street toughs, and that's how I choose, the street <laughs> toughs come to harass him and kick his ass because he's like some crazy homeless man. And then he just fucking rat king crinoses up and eats them. I just, I just kind of like that idea. I like that vision. I mean, it's cool, like, Fuck like, you, yeah. old man. And he's just but, like, hey, you're going to take this, motherfucker. But even the rat, the rat king Krinos isn't that big. He's, he could still do it. Don't get me wrong. Rats can chew through anything. Mm-hmm. Make it a bigger rat. Hmm. Definitely chew through a human. Yeah, rat, rat king can take a street tough. <laughs> Ain't no good, Nick. Plus, uh, my grandpa slagged today. What up? <laughs> It's a good episode. <laughs> Is it? Uh, I've cried a couple. <laughs> I've got a few tears. So even though it's not, it's mentioned, uh, it's not mentioned in the uh, Hingi Yokai, you know, those ratkin, they only go off of the standard 
uh, aspects, only the first four. There is no freak aspects over there in the Hinge Yokai. And which I always thought that was interesting that, you know, the Far East didn't want to take all the all the other Ratkin rejects. Well that's that's its own thing. The Nazumi are their own thing in its mm-hmm. own show. Well, I mean we did talk about the Hinge Yokai Nuisha, which right. are also known as the Samabito. I never remember the Samabito's names. Rokea. Yeah, I know. See, thanks for listening to the podcast, guys. <laughs> so we talked about how that they were a joke planted by the Nuisha. Oh, you're right. Uh, I forgot all yeah. about that. <laughs> like there are no there are no Rokia at all. It's just an elaborate <laughs> hoax that uh, that Coyote and Old Man Miniskins are perpetuating on the world of darkness. Jesus, I forgot all about that one. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> we are a little bit ahead on episodes, so forgive me if I don't remember exactly fair what we enough, said. Fair enough. And I think, by, yeah, by the time this airs, that's going to be a couple months ago. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I always thought that Nizumi were really cool, though, because they, they, you know, they're the master splinters. You know, they have this thing that the oldest one that's alive in the nest, he becomes master splinter. They're, they're, the, they're the ninja rats. So, got lots of love for them. No, they definitely are. They're, they're cool as hell. We're just, we're saving, we're doing Hengiokai's its own separate thing. You know, the, uh, the whole difference in philosophy of, of the, the shifters of the East is, is so not compatible with the rest of the world of darkness. Right. That that's just going to be its own thing. It's not even... I mean, yes, it's compared to the world of darkness, but it's they keep separate their philosophies of each of the breeds mm-hmm. and make it one philosophy for Hengiake altogether. It's so, yeah, it's so a different thing. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like when we did the Stargazers episode, how we had to navigate around the Hengiokai philosophy when we're just trying to talk about the damn Stargazers. That was a long time ago, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was. I mean, can you really do that, though? Because the Stargazers... And the Hengi Yokai, they're almost at this point, as of revised edition, you know, intrinsically linked. Well, that, that was the problem. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly why it was a problem. Yeah, we stepped back to a little bit prior to revised. That's why. Or the W twenty timeline, which that shit didn't happen. Right. right. Fucking yeah. Timelines in canon is all over the place. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nothing matches. And these Hengi Yokai episodes will be many. Yeah, probably. I don't know. So Maybe anyway, we'll back to the back. Yeah, that's in a later day. So, you know, we, we wrapped up the freak aspects and, and the normal aspects. Something that we haven't really mentioned beyond blood memory is some of the version differences as well, um, like rapture. In the breed book, you have this trait called rapture, where basically the ratkin would, you know, fall into the thrall of the wild. You know, um, we, we've used it, you know, in Savage Age for like the Nagalu, and it's the same thing where, you know, the wild just so saturates these, these ratkin that... They have all these different things that can happen, you know, delusions, hallucinations, prophecies, you know, abject terror, whatever. Um, once again, W20 just doesn't seem to mention it. You know, if someone knows the place that they mentioned it, please let me know in Discord because uh, I, I just had a blonde moment and missed everything on it. I mean, again, it goes back to how much space and time and page count they have. And I, I hate to keep coming back to that, mm-hmm. but... What else do you have? It's such an interesting quality of them. It is. It's interesting shit. And maybe this is making excuses. I don't know what. But I do. I think it's a page count issue. Because if you're taking all of the breeds mm-hmm. who each had their own individual damn book. You got to compress it. Yeah, putting yeah. that in a press to come into one book, a lot of shit falls upon the wayside. Mm-hmm. Which is something that I had an issue with, revised, third edition, whatever. Mm-hmm. That we didn't get those individual breed books. We I, Again, in 20. People think that we hate the Pharaoh. We don't hate no. the Pharaoh. We we dislike certain aspects strongly. 
Yes. You know, we'll, I mean, we'll go things, with that. You know, well, but it's just like some people don't like certain tribes. Some people don't like certain auspices. Exactly. It it's no different. Right. We don't hate the Pharaoh. But no, most of the Pharaoh are pretty fucking cool. And that's the thing is, you know, that's why I, I wanted revised breed books. That's why when we got to 20 and, and you've heard me bitch time and time again, we didn't get 20 tribe books. We didn't get 20 breed. You don't hear me bitch about the breed books too much, but it's the same thing. Yeah. It, it's that that larger look that we're missing out on because you took everything and threw it into one fucking book. Mm-hmm. And half of that book is Bastet, by the way, because mm-hmm. there's a hundred tribes of Bastet. There's so many. So many. So it's it's a little frustrating because, yeah, things like that fall with, through the cracks. Maybe it was an editorial decision um, in terms of the direction of the game. But, yeah, I have to blame it on page count. I don't blame you. And I don't see a, another reason why. Just make an encyclopedia next time. Just make that thing like 500 pages. Just give us the individual <laughs> read books. I'll buy them. Right. Dude, I, I will buy a Rokia 20. Liar. I, will, I would have bought it. I would have bought a breed book for Rokia 5. Or I might probably have Rokia 5. Whatever. Oh, my God. I know what I you just mean. Need, I just need new editions. Fair. Give me more information. Breed books, Double the charts. size of the tribe book, triple the price. I'll still pay it. That's true. It's a hell of a statement, man. It's a factual one. I know. I can see the sincerity in your face. Heads up, people who pretend they don't listen to the show. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get some well-written tribe books. Charges through the nose, I will pay it. And I will get here on this show and tell other people to buy that shit because it's new information. I'm on Project Hiatus. I can't take on anymore. You are... (laughs) You are on a... You are on double secret new project probation and you know it. (laughs) Double secret. (laughs) It's not secret anymore. That's why it's probation. (laughs) Prohibited to take on new projects. What do you got, 15 in the works right now, Grant? Uh, yeah, there's quite a few. Um, most of them are almost done, but I think I'll have a whole bunch of stuff coming out uh, in April. It's almost going to be like a wave of books. So. Well, it's funny is it's already past April. Yeah, by the time, by the time they time hear this. this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, by the time So this if you airs, want to show for something. So by the time this airs, um, Lepix will be out, as we mentioned in the Mock Reboots episode. Enoch by Night may or may not be out for uh, V20 and V20 Dark Ages. Last wait on art, but uh, try book uh, Aja for Savage Age is at various levels and then a whole bunch of Wraith stuff that us weirdos are only interested in. Well, excellent. <laughs> so you heard it there. The just, us weirdos. Just, just take the link, uh, link through our website, uh, drive through to the storyteller's vault and buy everything with Grant's name on it. That works too. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see why not. And Grant, you'll give us half. That's mm. not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> you know why? You already get the affiliate link. No- I was going to say half <laughs> of nothing. <laughs> It's still nothing. Yeah, we'll get that sweet store credit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so how about another... You know, we talk about the rack in yeah, there. Yeah, right? how about, how about another part of the rack in there? Hey, we need these little uh, intermissions. They're fun. It's a dirty job, man. I don't know. <laughs> so what, what I do like about the uh, the culture of the Ratkin is that they've actually you know developed this nice little society. And then they use a lot of puns uh, for whatever reason to, to kind of uh, allocate... Who is who? Like the the oldest and the biggest of a colony is called the Rat King, and there's just so many memories and puns and just different popular culture references that come to mind whenever I think of just that term Rat King. Well, in in first of all, don't Google Rat King. You'll get a Ninja Turtle. It's terrifying. You'll get a Ninja Turtle. No, you won't get the Ninja Turtle stuff first. Probably, it's terrifying. 
Oh, I'm kind of curious now. <laughs> well, go ahead and do it, Danny, but I mean, I'm warning everyone. Okay. That you're going to come up with something and you didn't know it was a thing, probably. Oh, boy. And you're be like, All Jesus right. Christ, it's going to oh, mess with you. you're talking about yeah. the, the science uh, the science definition of what a rat king is. Oh, Go yeah, ahead, Grant. So some people out. It, it's it's basically where a whole bunch of rats they kind of they're they're doing whatever and their tails get knotted up together. Yeah, it's pretty. It happens. It, yeah. It's pretty sad because um, they 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 end up killing each other and dying off. What the thing. fuck? Yeah, yeah. It's called it's called a rat king. Whenever it's come from a German term that I can't pronounce properly, but uh, the um, rat king. Yeah, it's like Ratzenkönig. <laughs> Sorry, curb this. I know I fucked that up. But in English, it's Rat King. And I think in French, it's like uh, Roy des Rats or Roy des Rats or something like that. Yeah, it's, it's so pretty So it's just a bunch sad. of rats doing... tied together. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, yeah. It's a ball of rats it's, tied together so by the tail. It's human centipede. Yeah. Sort of. Mm. Only less. Only less gross. Clean uh, and surgical. Mm. So it's just like a wad of rats. That's unfortunate. So they're all trying to go their own separate ways because they're tied by the tails. They didn't become a hive mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god! And then you know when rats feel trapped, they try to chew their way out. So, yeah. so they just eat each other. I'm telling. I told you not to Google it. Yeah, I did tell you not to. Well, we didn't. That's true. <laughs> Thanks, Grant. Now I don't have to. Welcome. Yeah, don't don't look it up. It's, it's pretty. Now yeah, don't look it up. Yeah, yeah that's, that it's synopsis. already fucked up in my head. Here, yeah, okay? it's, it's it's a fucking. It's not. It's terrifying. Yes, but. Yeah. Yeah, nature, oh, nature's horrible. <laughs> right. He is. The wild's a dick. Now, <laughs> moving away from that, though, is uh, something I love is the naming conventions for Ratkin. Okay. In fact, I know in the breed book, it, it picks on the, the standard Garu. You know, the of course three words, it does. The, yeah. the three or four words with the hyphen in it. But um, what they do is they go into the trash and they pull some shit out. And it's, it's like the spirals, you know, like the first word uttered after the spiral, mm-hmm. the first syllables. It's like what it's what their name is based on what words were on the piece of trash they pulled out. <laughs> Diaper. Right. I can just see pizza happens a lot. You know, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's like, uh, you know, yeah, my name's Johnny. I'm going to reach in the trash. Oh, I'm Johnny Hot Dog now. I'm Johnny Hot Dogs. That's my name. And the idea behind it is, you know, it's them stealing their name. Oh, okay. They're, they're reclaiming it from something that was tossed away, and they, they stole that name, and that's their name now. That's our Johnny Napkin. Well, napkins don't say napkin on it. Fair. So it'd be like Johnny A&W, Johnny Wendy's, David Otali. There you or go. Or just Otali. Just Otali. I thought that was a really neat concept. That is. That is a really neat concept. I, didn't, <laughs> I, I like that. Stealing it away from something thrown away. Mm-hmm. That's cool. <laughs> Whiskers rage across the internet. <laughs> yes! Shame on you for throwing away something from rage across the internet. I know, get your head on straight. But Must have been that straw. You know, it was probably the mug that they dropped and they ordered a new one. <laughs> right from our store at uh, rageacrossinternet.com. You only get one per episode, just saying. Yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it was a perfect opportunity to show for just a second. Just a second. That's all we need. Hashtag sponsored. So that's also one of those things that they, they didn't really go into in, in W20. The whole naming convention. Just sad. Just frustrates me. It, no, and, and see, I agree. And again, I look at page count because, you know, that's that's a really neat little detail. But it's also, 
a little detail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, not completely necessary to play a game right. or play the character. Exactly. Or and that's what I think the fault of those breed books are. Is because what information do you keep and what information don't you keep? There's necessary shit that comes first because all of the different changing breeds have a different amount of forms and those forms work differently and they're statted differently and you have to do the gifts mm-hmm. because you have to be able to make a character. And then you have to talk about fetishes because, well, fucking duh. And now, you know, so you have to hit that basic shit. Mm-hmm. And then... There's your you page vo- count. Yeah, there's your page count. If you've only got 20 pages for... Uh, and I'm just making a number up here. Right. If you've only got 20 pages for the girl... Oh, that's yeah, nowhere near enough. Yeah, guess what you can't include? Most of it is the answer to that <laughs> Three question. Three of those pages are rights. I mean, come on. Right. Three of those pages are gifts. You know, a page at least is fetishes. There's two pages on, on the stats for the forms. There's two pages for what the forms mean, their basic history, and their basic deal. It's a Notes version. No, you're right. I mean, I hope it would make sense if you're right. How about that? Yeah, I don't. we don't know that I'm right, but it makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, Viva Breed Books. You hear me? <laughs> I'm no. saying I'm saying we want W5 Breed Books. Maybe. Danny looks pained. Because <laughs> you said you want W5 Breed Books. Well. We want the new information. Look at Look, <laughs> that's okay. That's fair. We want the new information. But going back to the, the rat king, the way of life, the um, intricacies and the little idiosyncrasies. We talked earlier, we said we'd go back to it and we'll, we'll do it now, is ratkin working with others, be that other ratkin or stuff outside of the box. You know, I like that they are, they're, they're very shrewd and fairly untrustworthy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it talks about, you know, stuff like, well, if you break a, break your word, that's a renowned loss. But then there's that implication of, but no one really gives a shit. It's not a big deal. In the grand scheme of things, no, they don't care. But they're also very clear. They negotiate before teaming up. They make it fucking clear. There's no screwing around. It's like, okay, yeah, I'll help you bust into this facility. But, you know, if we're going to do this, I need, you know, like a portion $40,000. Like a Nate McMuffin. You know, I don't know. <laughs> and a Nate McMuffin. But whatever but whatever the terms and conditions might be. Yeah, and a Snickers wrapper. And had the Snickers wrapper. And a Snickers well, he's got to name his son. Yeah. <laughs> Jack Snickers. <laughs> I was going to go Mars Bar. That works, too. <laughs> it's Fernando Mars Bar. Jack Snickers. Nice. Yeah, I like, the fact family, that, bro. <laughs> I like the fact that they, they do negotiate before they get into agreements, especially if you take into account how social they actually are as a breed. You know, out of all the different changing breeds, including Guru, you know, Ratkin are the most social. They're the ones that have the most complex uh, social structure and, and internal culture. Well, they have to when you have that many fucking ratkin around. Yeah, you got a flabby jillion kinfolk in the first place. <laughs> flabby jillion. That's that's a number. Yep, it's a totally real one too. Look it up. You, they would, they already get very little done. All right, as we can already establish that why hasn't the apocalypse happened yet or them taking care of it? For it to be that many ratkin around, you have to have some kind of social construct to be good enough for them to communicate well something neat about that too is how their elders work you 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 can become ruler for a day and it's literally for a day like you can you can go to your your colony and you can take charge and do your you know you do your challenges as as you do you know the rat conversion of this similar to gyro shit sure and, and then you can be in charge but that literally only lasts for a day and once your day is over it's someone else's turn you know suddenly you think you could do better well yeah it's your turn do it do better for a day. Get to it. Right? happens. Yeah. So there's another rat king around. 
I'm not going to go back to that. The only ones that are consistently seen in a like a high level of social uh, position echelon are fertile uh, mothers in in their society. You know, if you have there was an NPC I think in the breed book where um, the the lady the the ratkin mother because of how many times she's actually bred and had successful ratkin she was seen as this. Uh, very honored individual in their culture. Yeah, that, that it's actually a position. The, the rat mother is a position because protecting the young is a big is an important thing. So it's a really respected and revered position. She has a lot of sway because she spends most of her time in the colony watching the kids and all. Mm-hmm. Or making the kids. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's making interesting. the kids, yeah. It's interesting is when uh, there's there's a threat, especially in larger colonies, if there's like a problem, you'll get like this council of rat mothers who will kind of decide what the best solution is. Hmm. And um, whoever's had the most kids is their leader. Hmm. <laughs> so like Octa Rat Mom is, is the best one. Yep. And, and you and you have other positions. You have like the scouts, which is exactly what the fuck it sounds like. Mm-hmm. You know, they do the, the communications, you know, so we don't, you get you guys know what that word means. Um, you got the warlords, which I think is neat because, I mean, again, it's one of those things where we know, obviously, they're in charge of defense and this and that. But at the same time, the like the warlord has to not only protect the colony, keep things hidden, keep the troops strong, but also has to navigate the egos of all of the warriors or potential warlords that are there that are currently in that position. <laughs> Gotta keep the egos in check. Well, think about it. because There's, there's going to be a lot of egos. Yeah. I mean, it's smart. It's like it's like it's a giant measuring contest, and now you—that's your problem. Mm-hmm. You're holding the tape measure. <laughs> that's on you, Danny. <laughs> Fucking deal with it. Like that sucks. Yes, it does. That's that's a tough job. <laughs> I wouldn't want that job. <laughs> and and then uh, you you have the mystic. I mean, again, we know what a mystic is. Mm-hmm. You know, big under those uh, wild energies. And the mystic acts to uh, is a caretaker and guardian of that kind of stuff. You know, um, they might even watch over, look at look over rights and stuff like that. Periodically send out runners to check on spirit matters, get advice from this. You know, they're, they're like the the, the king thirsch at that point. Would have be the best way to equate it. Yeah, I just name it that. I mean, that sounds cool. King thirsch. King thirsch. Maybe that might be. So as now, maybe someone's name. Maybe they pulled that out of a trash. <laughs> what in the trash is named Thirsch? I don't know, but maybe at King Distilleries. So maybe they pulled a bottle of King's King's uh, Special Reserve. At, at the same time, Therouge is just spelled the Urge. So I mean, true. It's pretty. So maybe it's King the Urge. The Urge for yeah. something sweet. Maybe you have that on the side. Say, of the maybe, maybe. You know what? Good, good job, Grant. Up top. <laughs> How did that work? <laughs> I was just using, through the PC. Maybe it said thirst, and there was like some ketchup stain on the napkin. So it, another another solution. Maybe they just couldn't fucking read. Made it up. All right. <laughs> you know they just weren't fucking a rune. So, so I mean, speaking of uh, Rouges and some unique qualities of the Radkin that they did mention in W twenty, but was not in the breed book is there's a little merit for the Ratkin, and it's only two points. It's only a two-point merit. Um, so I, I advise any Shadow Seer players to, to grab this merit. But the Ratkin is able to actually squeeze through the gauntlet in the presence of anyone, uh, regardless of who's in the room, including full of human witnesses. Because, um, you know, normally this steps sideways like Guru. With this little merit, they could just 
wiggle on their way through. That's got to be the creepiest looking thing I was going to say that's weird as shit. Their heads get small, it disappears, and then the body just follows. Hmm. Right? Like, imagine that. It's already weird when you try and watch them squeeze through, like, a little tiny hole in a fence or a, a wall or something, right? Right. But, like, imagine you're but sitting there. But then that there, wall is fucking invisible. <laughs> right. Like, you're sitting there talking with your friend uh, Carl Marlboro Menthol 100s. <laughs> <laughs> And his head just fucks off through a hole in space and time. You can't see. <laughs> Tom's still over. All we got is Carl's ass here. <laughs> <laughs> He's still trying to squeeze through all the way. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I love, though, is the prehensile tails. The what? Prehensile tails. Um, there, there's an image. It always stuck with me. It's in Player's Guide 2. I'm, like, positive of this shit. Where it's got the rat cannon in its in its crinos form, and he's got a dagger in his tail. Okay. And I fucking love that idea. You know, having that prehensile tail to hold an extra fucking weapon with. Ninja rats. Oh. Right. Whole different level to ambidextrous. You know, you have that hanging from a fucking tree branch by the thing. You know, ready to fucking strike. It, it's just the little things. It just reminded me of when you were talking to Nuisha and the Robert De Niro's boxing the kangaroo. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Except it's a rat and he's got a fucking knife there. <laughs> maybe, maybe put a little spike on it, you know, like oh a, you know, it's like a piercing. You just put like a, like a fucking metal spike stud at the end of the tail and just, or it like could have been, or it was a rat king and just the other rat that was tied up to his tail just happens to be a lot smaller. This is is what what we're doing now? This is what we're doing now. We're going to counter the image of a rat kin, rat king. Jesus Christ. So he shifts to Krynos and uses all the other rats like a goddamn mace? Exactly. (laughs) You're welcome. That's exactly what I was thinking of, using the other rats as a fucking club. Now I regret informing you about this. (laughs) That's fantastic, though. Oh, send fan mail to Daniel Tyson. <laughs> Rage Across Podcast at gmail.com. Right. <laughs> or visit him at home in uh, One, two, 5380 three, Help. Help Street. Mm. That too. Just wow. You signed up for this. <laughs> you volunteered for right? this. Yeah, and you brought it up. You were like, hey, it would be great to. How, how about I do Ratkin? Can I can I be on that episode? I love the Ratkin. This, this I didn't was your fault. You're going to be making Ratkin Rat Kings, and you st- <laughs> <laughs> you're the one that Googled it. Yeah, you introduced us to this by bringing up the Rat King in the first place. He's got a point. <laughs> send send uh, complaints to cgrantrose at grantsemail dot com. <laughs> Good luck with that one. <laughs> it's a real email address, I promise. At grantsemail.com or grantsemail.com. Both. Both. He's got both of them. <laughs> I knew it. Monopoly. Concerned about identity theft. <laughs> Too many Chris's. <laughs> Everyone is. That's what happens. <laughs> so one Gotta have multiple we, emails. <laughs> one thing that we haven't really mentioned when it comes to the Ratkin that I feel like had so much story potential is that all rat can have uh, maze sense. So regardless of where the rat underneath the earth, they kind of know where the hell they're at, right? So with the story potential as to why the guru are always wrong, you know, if they hadn't assassinated so many of the ratkin, 
maybe the white howlers wouldn't have been able to have their buddies, you know, Fuzzy the Rat from down the street, go down into the labyrinth with them and help them get back out before they went in too deep. Hmm. I mean, that's a good point. That's a really good point. Huh. But I mean, that's where we, I mean, that brings me back uh, to that alternate scenarios episode we did. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's like, I mean, that's a really good point, a really good thing that you could use as an alter wheelchair because the, again, the ramifications for that become huge. And even you can use that into a modern game. You know, you you can befriend a couple rack and, you know, Shadow Lords would be the perfect uh, tribe that would do this because they're mutually going to try to take advantage of each other. So, you know, they can come to terms pretty quickly about who is who. You know, as far as I'm concerned, the Shadow Lords are the rat kin of the guru. And uh, yeah, I said it. It's okay. Mm. <laughs> Porter took a little <laughs> offense to that one. <laughs> Politically, anyway. <laughs> um, Better watch your back, right? <laughs> see, there's that knife skulking again. He's going to wait till my back is turned, just like a rat. Yeah, we're just going to cut you out of this episode, replace you with my, all your lines with Microsoft Sam. <laughs> you say whatever I want you to from now on. I am C. Grant Rose. The Shadow Lords are my favorite. Rage Across the Internet is my favorite. Porter is the best. <laughs> <laughs> but any, anyway, they could they could come to terms pretty... Uh, I think they would come to the negotiating table at an equitable level um, versus a tribe like the a Child of Gaia or a Glasswalker who may be at a disadvantage against a Ratkin for either A, with a Glasswalker and their affinity towards Rat, and they're going to give the Ratkin a little bit more preference and deference, or the Chattagaya and just their stereotypical lack of uh, uh, animosity and ruthlessness in negotiating. But yeah, anyway, so they could take the they can make that agreement with the local Ratkin, and they can actually start ferreting out some of these uh, or ratting out on um, these little <laughs> black spiral hives <laughs> underneath the city. And he yells at us, right? <laughs> no, I mean it's it's a good point you bring up. I mean, I would uh, I would probably go with Bonars before Glasswalkers. Yes, obviously because they share you know red red has yeah them. yeah my bad. But, That's um, what I meant to say. <laughs> no, I know I was just kind of don't worry. I did that an episode ago. Yeah, I was I was, try, I was trying to make it all right and just loop it back around and hope no one would notice. But he want to put a hat on it. That's cool. Talking shit about my Shadow Lords. What? <laughs> um, <laughs> No, I, I think that's a, that's, a, that's a pretty great angle. And I think the idea behind the negotiations. Now, I, I probably wouldn't do... If I, if, if I was going to do the children and Gaia for that, I would make that part of the part of the plot is to where negotiations aren't working too well because the Ratkin are metaphorically eating them the fuck alive on the negotiations. Mm, metaphorically. Yeah. They're, they're just... The Ratkin are too shrewd and want too much and... Are just gonna run over the children of guy because they tend to be so fucking affable. Mm-hmm. So you need someone more shrewd and some I don't take no shit off you, like say a glass walker or a bone or or your player characters to come in and fix this shit. Yep, I can see that. But I also like I was talking to Tom earlier today, uh, in between sound checks mm-hmm. about this idea of having your your first encounter with Capital R Rat. Of course, you add the Ratkin into that. You know, this idea of, you know, you're here in the darkness and you just see all these little glowing eyes pop up out of the darkness. Right? <laughs> you know, hundreds these, of yeah, them. just hundreds of these fucking glowing marbles just in the black staring at you. That's fucked up. And then these two fucking basketball size ones show up. Just that scene alone. Oh, it's creepy. Yeah. I, it, I need my mommy. Just as an intro to now you're going to start dealing with it. I can see that. 
you know, or the idea, you know, you work with that, that one rat kid who again is pretty clear on his terms, but is absolutely planning on fucking you over at the most inopportune time of the story. (laughs) And he's probably even alluded to it a few times. Maybe, maybe not. And I mean, maybe that's how you, how you interact with that character. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, the, the rat kid are one of those changing breeds that work best or that best work with Garu in terms of putting a story together, featuring them, you know, changing breed. Featuring. Absolutely. Yes. Concur. Go, Go ahead. ahead, Grant. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, I mean, my table has been that way consistently over the years. If if I need something to really add another layer uh, when it comes to Farah, my go-to is going to be the Ratkin. You know, they're already, they already have a, such a strong presence in the Umbra because of, you know, all of the unearthly that they have there. Uh, and then they are also so active and prevalent in the cities that anytime the guru want to go into the city and do anything with Pentex or any of those city-bound uh, corporations or worm uh, worm agents, they're going to have to deal with a ratkin. You know, that's kind of like their playground. I mean, I actually use them as well as a bridge between uh, vampires and other kindred in werewolf games and vice versa. If, you know, I have a pack of Nosferatu or, or a coterie of Nosferatu vampires that want to do something with the changing breeds, they kind of reach out to the ratkin like, hey, what's up, you know? So it goes both ways. I really like them as uh, kind of like this linchpin of of uh, a storied nexus between all these different aspects of werewolf and other splats as well. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from there. I mean, I kind of like the idea of a Nosferatu, like lurking in his sewer lair. Mm-hmm. And like he's really hungry. <laughs> so he goes and reaches, he's like, blah, I need to drink some rats. You know, he goes and he picks one up and it shifts to Krynos and just stabs him in the neck 30 times. <laughs> what the fuck was that? So if he bites him, does he get the curse? No, so if he bites him, it's uh, one level of unsoakable lethal damage because of how uh, poisonous the blood is. I was going to say, well, first off, who bites who? Right. Because everyone's biting in this scenario. <laughs> <laughs> two bites. Uh, uh. <laughs> Yeah, would the, the vampire bite the ratkin, or would the ratkin be biting the vampire? I mean, if the kindred's smart, he won't be biting the ratkin because their their blood is poison. Well, right, but he doesn't know. Is in this scenario, he doesn't know because what the fuck is a ratkin? True. He's just hungry, and he sees a little. It's meals on wheels. Ah ah ah! <laughs> and he picks it up. You know, he's fast food. <laughs> and then they get stabbed in the neck thirty times by the rat tail. Possibly, possibly by the tail. By the little, the, the little rat can on the end of his tail. Just take it all the way. Yeah, there you go. I wasn't going to say it the second time. <laughs> just commit. Just keep going. Oh, what a travesty. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> this is going to air, too. What the, that's some shit. <laughs> but yeah, I know I, I agree that the rat can are a great conduit for that kind of thing. I think it's not unfair to say that in the world of darkness, you're probably 20 feet from a rat can. Oh, with, again, just, the sheer numbers. Any given yeah. fucking time. Mm-hmm. You just don't know it, and they ain't going to let you know it. You don't got to make a thing about it, but there's, again, there's so many, they're everywhere, they're hidden, you're not going to know. And there's a very real threat in that too. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. Um, imagine a scenario where maybe your pack doesn't live in Sept, has some off Sept housing, maybe an apartment or something, and you wake up, there are 50 rats on and around your bed in your bedroom going, hey, that job you did last week, you fucked a thing up for us and you got to make it right. Oh, you, you got a yeah. problem, you want to get strong, this is us here now. And we ain't mad yet. The intimidation Mm -hmm. just by the, again, by the numbers. Right. This is just the litter we had last week. (laughs) And then maybe, 
if you get to know that NPC, right? Mm-hmm. And we're gonna use we're gonna put quotes around the word befriend, but he, maybe you know he becomes a, a contact or an ally or a recurring character, and you come to find out, yeah, yeah, no, like half of those weren't ratkin. I was like, I was the only ratkin there. <laughs> the rest was just, they were just rats. Yeah. He was just doing it to intimidate. Yeah, it worked. <laughs> well, I yeah, made you my bitch. No shit, it worked. <laughs> but or, I mean, even that can be a fun twist on it too. Yeah, or he lets you befriend him. What I always thought was, uh, <laughs> it, what I always thought was really creepy as well. You could take it with is uh, the the regeneration is it's the same as Guru, but because of you know the blessing of rats, they actually uh, experience less battle scars. I think it's like negative five or negative ten on the rolls to establish battle scars from grievous damage. So you can have a story where your pack, you know, wounds this this ratkin like grievously wounds it, like you know, cuts off a hand or an arm or something. Or burns it or whatever, and then you see the ratkin a little bit later in the story, and there's no battle scars, and you're like, "What the fuck? I thought we ate this dude." And uh, like, no, that was my brother. <laughs> this is like roaches. Uh, I mean, you, like to the point where you turn the lights on and they all scatter, kind of thing. Sure, <laughs> if that's the way you're imaging. <laughs> and then you could also circle back around to Samsa and use the ratkin in a hell of a Samsa game. I mean, you yeah. bring up roaches. Yeah, rats eat roaches. It's like Meals on Wheels for him. Jesus. That's, yeah. Now that's, no, that's, that's a visual that I don't like now. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing the Ratkin and a Samsa fighting and the Ratkin just fucking chowing down. Like full on Inkrinos. It's so juicy and moist. <laughs> Danny sees it now. Oh Good. my God. Thank yes. you, Grant. I'm not alone. Oh my god. This roach juice is coming out the side off of his fur. Man. Grant had to make the crunch sound. Right. And like because it's a roach, like the torso's still flailing around and little arms twitching, you know? Yeah, like the two ends are running around separate, like trying to attack individually. Just gibbs every see fucking now we're doing this to everybody. Oh. And furry Mars bars just having a time. I'm trying not to die. Just let it out, Tom. It's okay. It's <laughs> yeah. okay, Tom. Just let it all out. Oh, boy. What has become of us? That really underlines though, how much of an opponent that the rat can, can end up being. You know, they can fall to the worm, um, and then they lose rat's blessing, and they can learn black spiral gifts and things like that. They actually mention it in uh, the Book of the Worm 20, and I'm sure earlier editions as well, um, where, you know, they... That's when they're really trying to bring a uh, bring about apocalypse, like uh, Porter was saying. These fallen Ratkin, they're they're just going through, and they're really trying to make shit happen. They're really trying to make that shoe drop, like I said, I was saying earlier. And uh, it becomes a really vicious enemy if you think about it for for a pack, because you know you kind of get used to, oh, here's Pintex, here's first teams, here's a Black Spiral Dancer pack. Um, all of a sudden, in this Black Spiral Dancer pack, you have this, you know super ninja rat that comes out of nowhere and stabs you in the back and laughs about it. 30, 30 or so times. <laughs> One more. In the neck. <laughs> that's right. With a dagger. So, so so that's so stabbing him in the neck. We, that's how you ratkin someone. That's how you ratkin someone. So We've you, already, we, things just have like already you got garud. Yeah, you can get garud and now you're going to get ratkin, which is specifically being stabbed in the neck 30 times. With the tail. Doesn't have to be the tail. No, no, it's the dagger. No, attach the tail. Um, something else that, that that I thought was really interesting about the Ratkin, uh, outside of their their potential as antagonists and as something new to really throw at your players at your table, um, they are they are so 
you know, intrinsically connected to disease that if for some reason, like through a extended right of cleansing or, you know, you have a mage in your back pocket that owes you a favor or whatever at your table, you cure the ratkin of their disease. Um, they pretty much either revert to a normal person or a normal rat. Uh, and if they're, if they're medis, then they just die. Basically, they just curl up and die. So I always thought that was really, really cool and interesting that they're that intrinsically linked to a disease. That's pretty crazy, too, because, I mean, and I know we have the birthing plague. Mm-hmm. We, we know. we, But, like, so then they, they just are a plague. Yes. So just hit them with a raid? No, that's the SAMHSA. That's the SAMHSA, yeah. Decon. <laughs> that's sponsored. <laughs> or the traps. You just put some peanut butter on it. Yeah. You want to use peanut butter. Always. Not cheese. Well. That's that, the cheese thing. That's cartoons. Put down peanut butter. Peanut butter and cheese. You make whatever sandwich you want to, but we're talking about. <laughs> oh, that ongoing joke's coming back. That was not a joke. That was a thought experiment. People didn't understand. It caused some arguments. And it was delicious. <laughs> but no, that is interesting. And here's here's one for you. It takes me to DNA. Mm. Who are actively trying to cure GLS, Mm -hmm. which they consider the werewolf disease. And they stated in this that it's genetic. So imagine DNA somehow gets a hold of a ratkin, labels it GLS4, because one, two, or three, Hamas lupus. And um, I don't think they have metis. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. I mean, the classification for for metis is what I'm talking about. See, GLS1 and 2, that's hominid lupus. Okay. So let's just say for the sake of being GLS4. And they cure the diseases in the rat because here they found this thing with this sickness, right? So what the first thing they want to do is they see, oh, it's got yellow fever and botulism and black plague and whatever. So let's let's cure the things we can cure so we have it the cleanest bill of health to get the purest strain of GLS so we can cure it. And then in the meantime, they revert the rat back to normal by curing it. And then what happens then? What do they do with that, quote, lab specimen? Do they try to take its DNA to make a cure for GLS proper? Hmm. Yes. And is that possible? I mean, we don't know, but we don't have to know for that to be a good story. Mm-hmm. You know, DNA just has to think that's going to work. I see it. Yeah. I see a good chronicle out of that. Right? There's some fucking implication there. Ugh. Very weaver heavy. Yeah. And a great way to work a different changing breed into your story. Mm-hmm. Well, I can see it too. Maybe even like capital R rat is, you know, tasking some bonars to, to fix this before it gets out of hand. Yeah. Like, you know, I could see that. In fact, I could see rat probably losing his shit mm-hmm. at the concept of a group of fucking humans who are now actively, and I'm using quotes here, curing ratkin. Yeah. yeah. That's worse than killing them in battle. Mm. Capital R rat would lose his mind about that one. He would uh, that'd be a all hands on deck type reaction. Yep. He tasks a pack of bonars and maybe even forces them to team up with other ratkin. In line with that, you know, we we didn't really mention it because um, they they kind of gloss over it and it's not really mentioned very often. Antarctica is is there, there's an exiled like colony of ratkin down there in Antarctica of uh, Munchmousen, and they actually have this umbral. City umbral realm, you know, to go along with all the little pocket realms that the rat can have throughout the umbra. It looks like this major ratkin nexus where a lot of ratkin, you know, try to at least go there once 
you know, they actually called them like the, the Arcadian Ratkin because it's, they, they've made this, this place that's so inhospitable their own. And just that influx of Radkin from that area that have been isolated from everyone except for themselves and their own umbral identities and umbral uh, counterparts, bringing them back up into North America or Europe, wherever your table is, and just drop kicking this this bomb of of crazy powerful, you know, umbral umbral experienced uh, Munchmaus and Radkins into your into your game is just going to be crazy. I look at that from another angle too, because if memory serves, and I and I, I did, I, I missed that that side, the, the anarch section completely, so that, that went under my radar too. But if memory serves, there's something in the ice down there. Mm-hmm. there there's a couple places it's 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 referenced, it's hinted at. We don't have a mm-hmm. clear answer, but to have something you know bad it is down there in the ice. Oh, at I the remember same place where there's that this this massive. What if whatever is in there is now started to reach those ratkin and, mm. and destroy or corrupt you know i, I mean can that, see it. that's a, i mean that's another angle to go with it i, I remember our, it was our I believe it was our pentax episode i remember reading stuff about that though that, that whatever is down in their ice is is starting to get voices out and anything around there is starting to get corrupted so i mean that's uh that's food for fodder right i mean it's storyteller fodder right there hmm. yeah. isn't the uh a town of the worm suspected to be down there I, I don't think so. Top of my head, I think they're all accounted for, but one of them's really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and like three of them are with the Black Furies for no good reason. <laughs> well, I, I don't mean to, I don't mean to give shit, but one of them it's the Antichrist, yeah, which is again literally the plot of Prince of Darkness. Yeah, no, it was a reference gone too far, gentlemen. Jesus, <laughs> it's true. No, I know. I agree with you. It's funny. So maybe you could make that thing instead. I, I don't know. Switch it out. Yeah, but, but Storyteller like, discretion. But there's like two of them in Black Fury Carrions right now. It's one in the Sept of the Bygone Vision and one somewhere else. And I think the one in the Sept of the Bygone Vision was actually eventually stolen. But I don't buy that because you don't walk into Black Fury Central and just take something out of their vault and leave. <laughs> yeah, I, that's not happening. Yeah, I don't see that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, I, so... think they, I think they murder the <laughs> shit out of you first. Um, so little known thing that a lot of the newer fans, they're, they're not going to know about when it comes to this, cause it wasn't really published, but you had a, you had a world of darkness, like a time of judgment ticker where they'd have like headlines from the world of darkness that would, they would uh, broadcast on their website right before white wolf actually sold off to CCCP and all that. I wonder if there's this place online where you could see all those. Thanks Maybe. Listen to the podcast. <laughs> Maybe. Do you have the Do you have the ticker? Do you have the the time yeah. ticker? That's amazing. Yeah, man. Thanks for listening to the podcast. <laughs> Thanks, for listening. Thanks for going to our forums. <laughs> yeah, man. those files are on the forums, dude. <laughs> I I saved those back in the day. Hey, I'm a busy man. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I got time to be on this show. Well, you I know, right? That ticker. Go to our forums. Yeah. So if you want it, you can actually see those files, and and then we'll let Grant finish what he was saying. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to yeah, those files are on the forums because. Um, it's, it's for the entire world of darkness, and I know what it's inferring from Vampire, but you can also take it from a different direction from uh, Werewolf. So it's saying that, you know, December 29, 2003, the South Pole was rocked by an earthquake, and it was 8.3 on the Richter scale, and it opened a crevasse that's like 30 miles wide and, and half a mile long. Um, a Russian science team went down there and was lost, and then two weeks later, 
the last words of this crew of the American Ar- uh, Antarctic Coastal Station is basically a desperate email that gets sent through classified email to D.C. saying that simply the blood gods are here. And then all communications with everyone down there is lost. I mean, you could take that into so many different areas, especially with the Radkin there, all the other different, you know, from AIDS, there's, there's a, a technocracy post down there that they probably got eaten by whatever antediluvians down there. Um, vampire really alludes that it's the actual Nosferatu antediluvian, but it could be something else. It's just bad news bears, whatever it is. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, the Ratkin are, they're really fucking cool. And I, and I think they're a really useful, dangerous, incredible threat. Oh, very names. easily. You know, I definitely I, recommend picking up this book. They're very interesting. Yeah, and I mean, there's a lot there we didn't cover because, well, this isn't a book report. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> then, and we, we try and bring it to what it's like for the Garu perspective. So True. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I uh, like the different stories these people yeah, came up with. Though, a a lot of those details cool. aren't, aren't really important anyway, unless you're playing an all-ratkin table. You know, they're renowned, their creeds, you know, their their litanies that they have. You know, as I mentioned, they, they have their own complete social uh, spectrum t- totally developed with all those things. But unless you're playing a table that is just Ratkin, um, you yeah, can comfortably ignore it. Yeah, you can just comfortably yeah. ignore it. But, you know, again, it's, it's we're yay Ratkin. <laughs> yeah. Finger pointing aside. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Finger, finger pointing point aside. Yeah. <laughs> with that, I think that's, uh, that's about our time for the week. So, Grant. Thanks again for joining us. Of course, I appreciate it. I need my toaster. Yep. Any, any day now. Congratulations, number 10. Yep, the fucking first one. You won the race. <laughs> you won the race. we got to switch it over to 15 now. <laughs> Sweet. you got to let them catch up first. got to start from the same starting line. There you go. You heard it. All right, there. So that's the end of Grant until everyone else catches up to 10. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah say, I knew he was going to throw that in there. Uh, so again, make sure to check out the stuff by Weaponized Inc. Make sure to check out Tales from the Savage Age. Check out Tribook Lepix. Uh, Enoch by Night. You know, anything with uh, C. Grant Rose in the title, it, it's probably a good time. Even if it's weirdo, leech, or wraith stuff. Maybe. But uh, I do my best. That's all we could ask for. Right. But on behalf of my dear friends here, Mr. Uh, Daniel Tyson, Mr. Tommy Dixon, and of course, C. Grant Rose, we want to say thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. Take care of yourselves, take care of each other, keep your claws sharp, you're heading this level. We'll see you.